Well, now we've got a special speaker today. Becky Wicker is going to share her heart with us. So, Lord, bless Becky Amen. today. And Thank just, you, Lord. Lord, what Whoa. your spirit, Lord God, the revelation you've given her, Lord God, that mm. would pour and flow out of her, Lord mm. God. And we just open our hearts right oh, now yeah. to receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Wow. It's hard to get up here now. Mm. Yeah, that's right. So, how are you guys doing? Good. Yeah. Did y'all enjoy the Lord? during that time it's awesome really awesome thank you Lord you know we love the Lord's presence what can we say just <laughs> what can we say we love his presence so and you know what he loves you guys a whole lot he really does the Lord really loves you and I just pray that he'll open up our hearts and enlarge us more to be able to receive his love because it's really really what it's all about so thank you lord i am going to try to not i'm, I'm not going to try to keep you guys forever i'm going to have to learn how byron does it to cut his message short but um <clears throat> just felt like this week the lord i knew i was going to preach and byron and i got to go um away for a few days and relax we needed it and um it really helps us to get out of town and kind of reset we do that you know, it's, you know, pretty often, really, people probably think we go away a lot, but there's really a reason for it. Is um, It just really helps us to get cleared out and really hear the Lord for ourselves because we stay pretty busy around here. And uh, that helps us just get down and so and, and here. And so that's what we did this week. And, um, and it was kind of interesting. Um, we, I knew I was going to preach and... Really, I sort of had things in my heart that I felt like the Lord had put in me to share with you guys. And I ended up living my message this week before I even preached it. So, <laughs> that it's usually you preach it and then you live it. So, I lived it and now I'm preaching it. But on Thursday, I had what I call a mini breakdown. I just lost it. I just had a day of just losing it. And, um, and so... Really what I want to speak to you today about is about our souls being grounded in the unseen and visible realm, planted by the river of his spirit. You know, because there is where it is well with our souls. And so this week when I had my breakdown, I really had to uh, get a hold of the Lord without being able to see anything, okay? <laughs> have, do y'all have breakdowns? <laughs> well, I had a breakdown, um, and you know, the Lord's good in the midst of it. He keeps us, even though we don't feel like we're being kept. We don't feel anything, but that's okay, because the Lord's good, and he, he wants to keep us. So, so that's what I want to share with you about today, and really I want to share with you out of the life of Jesus um, from the very beginning um, you don't put that up there yet, but from the very beginning, from the time he began his ministry, based on some things we see in his life, I think are things that can help us stay grounded in the, in the unseen and visible realm with the mind of Christ. You know, the scripture says we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places, and I just happen to really believe that, that that's where we're to stay seated, is in the heavenly realm and live our life from that place. 
The scripture says that we've been born again. That means we've been born from above. So what does that mean? It's not a cliche. It literally means that we have been born from above. So that's where we're to live our life is from that place, from above, not from this earth realm. And, and we've been talking to you all year about this. It's like the progression of the Lord has really led us to this place since the Lord has been pouring out His Spirit here. So thank you, Lord. So Byron's been preaching a lot on John the Baptist. And, you know, he really is a transitional man. And, you know, God's been really trying to show us that John the Baptist really did have a hold of something. He knew there was something new coming. And it really was this thing of living our life, the kingdom of God coming, living from the kingdom's perspective. But he really didn't have the full picture because when he landed in prison, after Jesus had been ministering for a while, doing miracles and all that, he landed in prison and asked Jesus, Are you the Messiah? John the Baptist really thought Jesus was going to set up his kingdom on the earth, just like the rest of the Jews did. They thought it was a literal kingdom that was coming down. And so he ends up really messed up at that point, not being able to really see because it didn't happen. And, I, you know, so we really need to understand that a lot of us have those same filters of the way we think God deals with us. Is this, you know, we, he, he thought God was coming with a, window, a fork and going to separate the wheat from the chaff, and he did, but it was in a different way than he, he uh, saw it. He thought he was coming with fire and was going to burn us up, burn the chaff. He did come with fire, but it was a different fire. So let's now go to that, Luke. Three. Actually, go to Luke fourteen. Go to Luke four. Just want to go over this again with you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Here's how He came, because He's anointed me, the Anointed One, the Messiah, to preach good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. Get that, accepted, acceptable year of the Lord. He's bringing acceptance. He's not bringing rejection. The day when salvation, and I love this. This is my line right here. This is the time when Jesus came. He was releasing salvation, which is sozo. Saved. We're studying that. All three parts of us. It's salvation. It is healing and it's deliverance. Where if there's going to be free favors of God profusely abounding. That is what Jesus came to do. Oh, and that's so good. And I'm ringing for some reason. Is there something I can do? <clears throat> and let's go now to Luke 3. I just want to share with you out of the life of Christ. Just want to get that straight. This is the day we're in. Let's get that filter off that he's a hard God. We're in another day. We're in a new covenant, a new and living way where the veil has been opened for us to enter in. A new and living way is open for us. And I, you know, I want you to know this, that a lot of people had a hard time with the message with Byron about not preaching judgment. 
that there is a judgment coming. It's just not first. He comes with grace. He paves the way with grace and this abounding grace. But let me tell you, I want to say this to you. There is a judgment coming. The book of Revelation is it is a message of John. He's seeing what's down the line. Babylon. He's seeing Babylon, which is the world system. It has become so bad in this world that the world system has, this is what it says, Babylon has now become a resort for demons. That is where we're headed. And there is a judgment coming on this world, on this land. And it's even more reason for you and I to stay grounded in the unseen and visible realm because the world is on a collision course. And it is judgment. It is judgment. The demonic has overtaken this world system. It is not a time for us to lay our hope into this world and this world system. It is not the time. Mm. And I just want to say that to you because we are at war for this. We really are at war. We are at war to keep our hearts grounded, our soul realm grounded in the heavenly realm, in the invisible realm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. You know, um, my own testimony is this. Is, and this is really where this message came from in my heart. It began really with these scriptures. I read these scriptures in Revelation and saw the course we're on. And even in those verses, it's talking about the angels began saying judgment's coming and it's good and right that it's coming. It's fair that it's coming. And here's why it's good and right and fair that it's coming. Because in the book of Hebrews, it talks about this. We've been given this new covenant. The covenant of blood has been given to us a new and living way where favors of God are profusely abounding to us. There's not an excuse anymore. In the Old Testament, it's, uh, really the Old Testament really was, the Old Covenant just showed us what state we were in. It showed us our sin, but the new covenant is showing us the way out. We have way out. We have provisions for our state. So that's why in, in the book of Revelation where Babylon is being overtaken by the demonic and the angels are saying it's good and right that judgment is coming, it's because we have refused. The book of Hebrews says that it's even worse, that refusal, than refusing the old covenant. We're without excuse because it says we actually tread upon the blood of Jesus when we do that. Mm. He's given us a new and living way. Oh. And here is the example from the life of Christ that this week has just been speaking to me, helping me. When I was having my breakdown, let me just, I didn't finish my thought. I want to tell you how this got here. I have my, I was raised in a Christian home. My mom and dad really loved the Lord. And um, my dad, they had gotten saved. I'm not sure, maybe in their, my dad must have been in his 30s because he didn't marry my mom until he was 30 and she was 17. <laughs> and he had, 
she married him. Um, they were not believers, did not really come from families of believers is what I, I think my parents are first generation. And <clears throat> my dad was an alcoholic. He really had a bad problem with alcohol after they were married. And he, my mom left him at one point uh, over it. And I've contemplated that recently. Had my dad not gotten saved, I would not be here because my mom left him over that. Isn't that amazing? Does that tell you how important it is for you to plant yourself and ground yourself in the Lord because your children are at stake? It's pretty amazing. But my dad and mom did in, in a revival. It was in the revivals of the 40s, I think, the healing revivals. The Lord was pouring out His Spirit. Then they went to a church and gave their life to the Lord, and they really lived their life for Jesus. They gave everything for him. My mom lost her mind, but she still loves Jesus. And her lost mind and her lost state, she still loves him. She listens to preaching all day and just loves him and claps. And it's just in, in the spirit, in the spirit, even in the state she's in. My dad is now truly in the spirit, you know. And on his deathbed was singing worship songs to the Lord. It's a wonderful thing. But here's what happened. During the Vietnam thing, I probably will not get to all of this, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm just going to go with this. But <laughs> In the Vietnam War, I had, you know, we have a large family, a lot of brothers, and <clears throat> our family really was raised in church, but a door got opened where drugs and alcohol entered into our family. And I really don't blame people. I really blame the state of, you know, if you ever... The Lord really showed me the Vietnam War really was hard. A lot, of, a lot of men really did fall into really bad situations. But what it did to my family is we're a very close-knit family. And that one simple thing of smoking pot opened up this... You can't believe what it opened up into my family. One little thing that the enemy planted. And I don't know why I'm saying this, but it might be for somebody. But it opened up that one little thing, opened up a vast thing... You know, and so here I stand today, that was 30-something years ago, and Byron and I, at that 30 years ago, we gave our, ourselves to the Lord. We were married. I married Byron fresh out of high school. We gave ourselves to the Lord. We planted ourselves by the river. We planted our souls by the river for over 30 years. You know, we've had family members and friends who did not. And I'll tell you today, we are reaping such wonderful fruit from the 30 years of our souls being planted in the river of God. And also, on the other end, we have family members and friends who are reaping the fruit also the other way of not planting their souls. And I'm here today, I mean, my heart really is to encourage you to plant your river, your soul by the river that it may be well with your soul all the days of your life. Yeah, I mean, Dean didn't hear my message this morning. He read that scripture, Psalms 1. It's really, really powerful. But I just want to encourage you in that. And, and I just, you know, here are just some things that we just see in the life of Jesus. It says, Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized, and while he was still praying, the invisible heaven was opened. 
And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son, my Beloved, and in you I am well pleased and find delight. And I just wanted to just go over these just briefly. You know, that's really the way we plan ourselves. Is it just, just what these things right here? Son of God. These, these things right here that we begin, first of all, we realize that there really is an open heaven over us. And there was a great price paid for it. It was the shed blood of Jesus. The heavens opened over us that gives us an entry point so that no longer do we have to flounder around but we have access into the Holy of Holies and ground our souls in that place. And the next thing that we see is, you know, that we see the Holy Spirit descending upon the Son of God. And this this is the thing that the Lord has got me on all year is the need and the focus of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives, of living our lives by the Spirit, because really, that's what living by the river is. He's our, he's really um, our, our connection to heaven. He connects us in there. He's how we live this thing, is by the Spirit. And I feel like the church gets talked out of that over and over and over. We just want to come in here and run in here and go through a few hymns and sing a few songs and hear a good little message and go home. And it's, you know, it's good, but it's not the best. It's just not it. We want to live by the river of His Spirit. We want to hear from the heaven. We're born from above. We need to hear from what's from above. And this is Jesus, the Son of God. This is God coming in the flesh. This is, this is the beginning. This is how it was for Him. Why do we think it's not this way for us? These are the things we have need of. You know, and this is another thing about the Holy Spirit. Is we have this dunamis power, resurrection power, living on the inside of us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. We have the power to live in the supernatural realm. It's really not true that we are these weak, sneezing vessels. We are apart from the Spirit of God. But by the Spirit of God, we can run through a troop and leap over a wall. We can do anything. There's nothing we can't do. Nothing that we can't do with the dunamis power, the resurrection power living on the inside of us. Dynamite power. It's, it's like the power of dynamite. It's the power that in the grave that came on Jesus and resurrected Him. It's that same power at work within us. It's resurrection power living on the inside. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Can't you see that He's our connection into that invisible realm? He keeps us grounded. He keeps us focused, centered. You know, that's really what He's about. You know, and I love what Bill Johnson says about Him. That dove landed on Jesus' shoulder. Okay? 
And you think about that dove. You don't want to do anything. Make that, scare that dove away, do you? Very sensitive. We walk by really wanting that dove to stay right there. What you doing, Lord? What are you doing? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? In this light, and this is the truth for me, the Holy Spirit is what makes the Christian life really fun. This is fun, walking by the Spirit. And if you walk by the Spirit, it says you won't even fulfill the deeds of the flesh if you're walking by the Spirit. If you ever read those deeds of the flesh, they're pretty wicked. They're pretty ugly stuff. And we all struggle with it. Don't fool yourself. But if we walk in the Spirit, see, that's how you gain victory. It's how Jesus did it. The next one, let's see, is, oh, you're not scrolling. We're still here. And then this next one, a voice came from heaven. And this is another thing, is I just believe another way we stay grounded, our souls grounded in the spiritual realm, heavenly places, is hearing from heaven. We need to hear the Lord. There's many ways He's speaking to us. He wants to speak. He's, he's talking all the time. It's just a matter of us learning to tune in. It's like a radio receiver. It's got to get on the right channel. We've got to tune into it. But the Lord really, we need to hear Him. He wants to speak to us. There's a water deep song that says this, Lord, when I hear Your voice, it's like no other voice I know. And that is so the truth. When I, I tell you, there's nothing like when the Lord speaks to you. When you hear His voice. So many times it's just a little faint phrase that He puts on your spirit. But what it does for me, it grounds me. It's like suddenly all that carnal thinking gets pushed out of the way. And I'm suddenly grounded. Whether it be a word here or a word or oppression I'm hearing in my spirit. To live by hearing his voice, grounded, planted by the river. Mm, all the days of our life. Man, that's, that, that, that phrase has captured me. Thank you, Lord. And then the next thing is my son. You are my son. And we've talked about that a lot this year, the spirit of adoption coming. And I want to say this. The Holy Spirit is the one that releases all of this stuff to us. As you can tell, I'm going down the list. It's really His work that does all of this for us. We, can't, we don't conjure this stuff up. This is all the work of the Spirit. But my son, he really wants that to be in our My daughter, my son, the Spirit of adoption working in our hearts. Mm. I just got to get to my scriptures on that. Um, Romans eight, fifteen through seventeen says, "For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery, to put you once more in bondage to fear, but you have received. Say received. received. You've received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship." in the bliss of 
which we cry, Abba, Father. You know, we've received that. When we receive the Spirit, we receive that. It's something we contend for, though, I'll tell you that, because when we, in the garden, man was abandoned from the presence of God. So we all have abandonment working on us. And it's something in our carnal minds that we will always have to deal with. So we need to really continually ask the Lord, pray for the Lord to really manifest this in our hearts and our lives. It's, so, it's a security. Did y'all realize that's security for us when we know that when we hear the Lord say, My son, my daughter, there's great security that gets released in that. See, that spirit of fear gets gone. It's gone. The Spirit Himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. Thank you, Lord. And back to Luke. And then this next one is, is my beloved. You know, we could spend a whole day talking about the love of God. Really, we could. And um, I just, you know, as I was really going over this, I really was struck by the Apostle John. And because he's the Apostle that really, he called himself the Beloved. He didn't ever say John. He would just say, I'm the Beloved. And I learned this in studying this, that the Apostle John actually wrote the Gospel of John behind all the rest of them. It was later when he wrote that, <clears throat> that Gospel. And this is interesting. Already at that point, the church was becoming institutionalized. And so you find in the book of John a lot about the love of God. You find his heart. He had, he had a relationship. He knew that he was beloved, well-loved. And the Lord really wants to do this for us. He wants us to know that we're well loved. And it's, you know, it's very, and, and John, he, that was just so much a part of him. In fact, when I, after I studied this, you know, I never really liked First John, God saying, if you love me, you're going to obey my commandments. That's the way that sounded to me in my mind. If you love me, you're going to do the right thing. And but now I really understand that was not the point at all. There was this love relationship going on between him and the Lord. He was the disciple who leaned on his breast. And he, he had, there was a love relationship going on. And because of that, you keep commandments. Because of that, the commandments are kept. It's just that simple. And so the Lord really wants us to know that. He wants us to know that we are his, his beloved. We truly are. You know, and it's and then I really um, this is I want you to put up the Ephesians one. Um, let me just say this one first. John fifteen nine says this: Just as the Father has loved me, this is what John said. I've loved you. Now abide in my love. It's a you know that's abide in it. Just get in there. Abide in love. And then the Ephesians one, that's the one I want to get to, 3, 16 through 19. 
this will pretty much says it all. May he grant you out of the rich, and I want to say this, Paul, these are apostolic prayers. And these prayers were prayers that Paul was praying for the Ephesians church. And the Ephesians church, there was actually not a problem going on. He was not addressing a problem. He was pretty much going over Bible doctrine. And so, but these were prayers that he was actually praying over the church, which are for us today. <clears throat> and they're, they're pretty amazing. But here's, here it is. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Now there's the work of the Spirit. And here's what it, here's, and it goes on. This is what the Spirit produces. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell and settle down, abide and make his permanent home in your hearts. And may you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through your whole being unto the, all the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. And that all comes from experienced love, the love of God, rooted and grounded in the love of God, well-beloved children, knowing who we are, knowing that we are well-loved. We are well-loved. This is how our souls are anchored. And it's the work of the Spirit who does it. You cannot come into revelation of the love of God without the Holy Spirit. And then this is the very last one and I'm done. But I want to get up. In you I am well pleased and find delight. This is a real hard one for us. Because I can bet you every person in this room, the majority of us, have struggled with this one time or another as we come before the Lord and present ourselves to Him so many times we do not feel like we're pleasing to Him. It's just a real wall for us. And there's a reason why you're that way. Everybody's that way. But here's the reason why. When Adam and Eve fell, this is what happened to them when they ate of the fruit. They took that bite. Before then, they were the only men and women that had ever lived on this earth who had never experienced shame. No shame. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it would be like to not feel shame? But they were the only ones who have ever been on this earth who did not experience shame. And when the enemy, which I'm going to tell you we have an enemy of our souls. When the enemy talked them into biting of that apple or whatever the apple, the fruit. There was fruit, definitely. There was definitely fruit that came out of it. Okay? They fell into shame. 
and covered themselves with fig leaves to hide themselves. But I just, you know, and, and I think of the scripture where, Jesus, where God comes looking for Adam after that happens. And says, Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? You know, I, I, I just feel the brokenness of God in that. Because He never wanted us to live in shame. He never designed us to live in shame. He, he never, He designed us to be free from shame. And, you know, Adam and Eve covered themselves with fig leaves hiding, but this is a thing that I'm going to tell you that will help you deal with that, is to know this, is we don't, we see this phrase, take and eat. The enemy tempted with that fruit, take and eat. But where do we see that again? Where do we see that phrase again in the New Covenant? Take and eat. This is my blood. This is my body. Take and eat. And you know what that says is this. When Jesus hung on that tree, he was fixing it. He was fixing it for us. No longer to live in shame. We don't have to live in shame. And there's only one way to not live in shame. Is it for you? Are you going to be good enough to not live in shame? Will you ever be good enough to not live in shame? Will you ever get it right enough to not live in shame? Will you ever please God enough to not live in shame? No! There's only one thing that pleases God. It is the blood of Jesus covering us. We are clothed with the clothes of righteousness upon us. It's the only thing that satisfies Him. This is the new and living way we can enter in. This is it. And this is where we ground our soul. This is where we make our stand. On Jesus Christ, His blood, nothing else. All other grounds sink in sand. And I want to say this to you. The reason I had this message is because I feel like we have a lot of flighty hearts. And I just asked the Lord, what can I say, Lord? What can I say that makes one person want to ground themselves in the unseen realm, really go after the Lord, and others just are in and out, kind of half at it? What can we say? But you know, the law does not motivate anybody. It never did. It just shows us how sorry we are. It really just shows what we're made of. But you know what? Jesus came with truth and grace. It's the grace of God that motivates us. And you know what motivates me? Is knowing I don't have it. And I never will. It just motivates me. Every time I say that, I get so happy. Because all of a sudden, I feel this power. I feel resurrection power come get on me. And I realize I don't have to. I'm free. I'm just free. And this, you know, is, is just what we're meant. Well, how he did it is the way we're meant to do it. Thank you, Lord. So, amen. We want to just invite people that really feel that drawing, that need, that calling in their hearts, that wooing of the Holy Spirit to really be planted in the river, to come up. We want the intercessory prayer team to come up.
prayer ministry team to come up. And we really want you to come today. Just come forward and get get prayer. Just receive all that the Lord has for us. There's now no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I know in my own personal life what I struggle with is a religious spirit that wants to get on me, that I want to walk in that. But it's really the Lord. It's it's something I push through because I realize it's, you know, I've been taught that for years. But I don't have to. It's by grace. So just come today and receive the grace of the Lord. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane. I am a tree. 